Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. My friend, hello. I am so excited to be here with you today. I have a great thing to talk about. It will be explicit, so this is a warning to get your headphones on, but not quite yet. Before we get started on today's show, I want to talk about the latest happenings. The Wisdom Wednesdays. How's it going for you? One of my clients this week was like, oh my gosh. And I, she's been a longtime client. She goes, Corinne, I did not realize that you interviewed Simon Sinek. She's like, I know you've interviewed lots of people, but I didn't realize it. And yes, I interviewed him back in the day. And <laughs> that show was live radio interviewing him. And he decided to turn it on me to demonstrate how you get to one's why. And that why is still relevant to what I do today. And it is my why. And so sometimes when I forget, I'm so thankful I have that interview and I can go back and listen. I haven't listened in years, but it was really powerful. And that's one of the reasons, like this is a longtime client of mine. She knows my work and she didn't know. And and I understand there's over 600 episodes. I mean, we're talking, I've been doing the show since 2006. And I think there was about an 18 month period where I was on the overdrive of, let me do two live one hour shows, interviews back to back. So I have quite the library of shows. And what we've decided to do for the summer is do Wisdom Wednesdays. It's been a dream of mine for quite a while. And shout out to my team, Haley, who's uh, working on this project with me. So I thank her so much. But we're doing these Wisdom Wednesdays. And it sounds like you guys are loving it and enjoying it. And remember, some of these shows are really old. So the audio is going to sound a bit different than it does now in 2019. And that's okay. And part of it was it was live radio back in the day, but just listen to the content because we're going to go through, I'm digging through the shows that have had a profound effect or that I I really believe are going to give you value in 2019 and that are truly evergreen. So I'm really, really excited for you to go and listen and hear what was discussed and see what you can learn. So I'm making it easy for you by pulling through and delivering it to you every Wednesday. Here's how you can get it. One is make sure you sign up to receive my emails. You'll get a Wisdom Wednesday email and it'll come straight to your inbox right there. You click on it and it'll take you to the link. And I've made it really easy for you again, because I'm sure you're listening on this go, but in your podcast page, whether it's on iTunes or however you listen, there's going to be a link in the show notes where you can subscribe. So make sure you click that link so that you subscribe to the newsletter and you'll get that on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday will be a Wisdom Wednesday interview. And then on Fridays, we're continuing with these new shows that are the deep dives and sometimes the mini sods. I don't do so many mini sods anymore. You guys seem to really like the deep dives. So we're doing the deep dives on Fridays. So Wednesdays and Fridays, a new show drops or a rebroadcast of an old show on Wednesdays. And I want to hear from you, my friend. Go give the show some love and tell me on iTunes in the reviews of what you've gotten value from, from the show, what you've learned, how it's helped you. This is a great way for you to communicate to me so I can find out what you really like. It also, I mean, how often do you go to Amazon and to other things and look at reviews to decide, hey, is this something I want to invest my time in? 
is it worthwhile to me? And let me go read the reviews. So I invite you to go and write a review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, the link is in the show notes so that you can just click on that and go and set up your review. And now I want to do a big shout out to Blooming Wallflower. Hello, Blooming Wallflower. She says, really amazing five stars. Yay, yippee skippy. I love to listen to Karen when I cook as a way to relax, especially her episodes that are deep dives. Love it. She covers everything and speaks in a way that is so relatable and empowering. Oh, I'm so excited. When I started the show back in 2006, and then when I was fortunate to get uh, mentored over at Harper Radio, one of the things that they taught me was like, what is your intention for the show? And I got really clear that it was to inspire, empower and entertain. And over the years, I kind of thought, Oh, well, I've been doing that for a really long time. And, you know, I let it go because I thought it was silly. And then I brought it back recently. I was like, No, my what I want to do here is inspire, empower and entertain. I want you to live an empowered life on your terms. Now I'm a little bit in your business when I'm saying that, but that's the invitation for you to live according to your values and priorities. That's what I help my clients cultivate for their own lives. And that's what I want for you. And the show has always been about sharing stories, sharing tools, so that you can see what's possible for somebody else and how it could be possible for you. And so again, whether I'm on the show radio or the podcast, I guess now, or on the pool deck or working with my clients, that's always what it's about, the windows of possibility. So I'm so excited. Blooming Wallflower, thank you so much for leaving a review. Okay, so now my friend is the time to grab those headphones because the language is going to get a little explicit. And if you're listening with your kids around, you really, really want to stop and get your headphones because I have something important to say and it must be said in this manner. And it's not appropriate for your kids. I would never talk on the pool deck like this. So pause and come back to me. For those of you that are ready to go, let's go. So here's the thing. I'm really, really fortunate because I get to work with some really smart, hardworking and kind clients, really. And here's the irony as I was thinking about this today, I go, some of them wouldn't identify themselves with that. And you may be sitting there going, oh, that's just not me. I could never work with Corinne. That's not true. Because a lot of times my clients don't even identify it. They would say, oh, well, I'm not really kind or, oh, I, I'm not that smart. There's so many other people that are so much smarter, right? Or, oh, I'm really not that hardworking. Because one of the things that my clients probably would agree on is they're really good at beating themselves up. They're really good at being hard on themselves. And then on the outside to everybody else, they look like they have it all. But on the inside, they're struggling. So because of this work that I do, I get to see the backstage pass of the struggles. And I've had these struggles myself. So it's not something that's new. And this is what I'm constantly seeing all day long. And again, whether it's with my clients, whether it's on the pool deck with the parents, whether it's with some of the kids as they move into adolescence. And what really goes on instead of this this image that gets put out there, it's what really goes on. And I always call it behind the green curtain. It's like the Wizard of Oz, right? Thought he was some grand man was which Dorothy thought. And he was this little man that was hiding behind a curtain and a bunch of effects. And how often do we feel like who we are is behind this curtain compared to the image of who people may think we are or what our life looks like? So with that being said, most of my clients, and I think every one of my clients have this constant voice in their head of, I'm not good enough. Does that sound familiar? And it could be that they feel really good about themselves in certain arenas of their life. And then just not in one arena. Today, one of my clients was saying like, look, 
I've got the money thing down. I'm really good. I'm really clean with money. And it's the other area of her life. It's in her marriage where she struggles. And there's another client who's really got it going in her career and is struggling in another arena. So we can have that dichotomy because that's the real life. And there can be that shame trigger. So (laughs) I'm a horrendous speller and I'm horrendous at writing. Like my writing has gotten, my penmanship has gotten so off the charts. And I was coaching in my enough group today and I was writing on this whiteboard and I just totally owned it. I said, look, my penmanship is crappy. It is what it is, but that doesn't matter because this is still can be effective. So I own my story and I love myself instead of owning my story and beating the crap out of myself, or I guess an older version of me either would not have done it and done the writing or would have pre-written stuff in perfect penmanship and probably stayed up until two in the morning to do that because I would want it to look perfect. And I'm so over that aspect, but there's areas in my life that I can show up and get triggered as well, just as you can. So this, I'm not good enough is a constant theme that I'm coaching over, right? And helping people overcome this obstacle. And it happened again with one of my clients that I was coaching and he started to discuss his difficulty with having white space. And he said, well, you know, Corinne, all of a sudden there's this white space and there's not a whole lot going on. And then all of a sudden the voice in the back of my head's like, well, you're not good enough. You know, you're not smart enough. You're just not enough. And here's the thing. He's really smart, really, really smart. He's a loving husband. And when he listens to this, he might be saying like, really, Corinne? I don't think so. And he's a loving father and he's had this successful career, right? He's built this good life for himself and it's still challenging for him to see that he is enough. And he, there's a lot of days nowadays that he really does feel enough, but he was just noticing this. And so as he was talking about this, I then asked him a very important question and I want you to brace yourself and make sure you have your headphones on. But I asked him and I said, there's no other way to say this but what the fuck is good enough? And he looked at me and he smiled. And that's the question of the day, right? We're constantly beating ourselves up. We're constantly berating ourselves and measuring ourselves to the standard, but you've never defined what that standard is. What will make you good enough? We're like, oh, and so his answer was, well, I'm going to need many hours to think about that and figure it out right? And that's one of his patterns that he likes to do. He thinks it's going to take a lot more time. But here's the thing with that is that then that it creates a distraction, right? We can allow like, oh, I'm not good enough. And we can tell ourselves a story and, you know, indulge in it and distract ourselves and use up all this precious brain juice and then be exhausted. And then that gives us justification for not having what it is that we want, whatever the result is, whether it's work that you really want to do, whether it is being brave because you've got this killer idea for work and it's going to be really courageous to go in because it's counterculture to your environment, whether it's having, creating relationships you want, whether it's a, you know, an intimate relationship or it's a friendship or creating the kinds of lifestyle that you want to have that takes brain juice, that takes energy. But if we distract ourselves and tell ourselves constantly that we're not enough, then we don't even have to go after what it is that we want because we're over on the sidelines indulging. Like when I think about when I would do daring way work and there's this great image of this hallway going out into the arena. So Brene likes to have that arena image that you've probably seen in her talks. 
And there was this great image of this hallway. And it's like, you know, again, it's in like these dungeon type of environments. And I can't tell you how many of my clients would be like, no, Corinne, I really like the hallway. I really like being in the hallway. And I'm like, yes, because it's moldy. There's no fresh air. There's rats. Yeah, we all like to stay in the hallway, right? But how often are you afraid to go out into the arena and really show up in your life? Because it's scary because what if you fall down, right? And we're always going to fall down. I can't tell you how often I'm having these conversations, whether it's about swimming, whether about life, whether it's about, you know, presenting to your board of directors, whatever it may be about. We're constantly afraid that we're going to fail. But what are we learning when we do fall down? So when we sit here and beat ourselves up and tell ourselves that we're not enough, there's a huge cost to that. Because one of the things that happens is that you're not being your own best friend. You're not having your own back. And I'm so grateful to that client that hired me years ago. And her goal was to become our own best friend. And I was like, hmm, really? To be able to have our own back, that is so important. And it doesn't mean that you go through life alone and that you should be able to just do it yourself because that can become very dangerous territory. What it means is that you talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend. You support yourself. You help. You put out a hand to yourself and say, hey, I'm here with you. We're going to figure this out. I see that you're scared. I see that you don't understand, but we're going to figure this out versus you're such an idiot. You're such a loser. Of course this happens. I hate you right? I have another client today who was telling me she's 63 years old and she goes, I don't like myself. Do we really want to go through our lives for this long of a period of time, not liking ourselves? And that my friend is not unusual. There are people that go through, they're 80 years old and they don't like themselves. 80 years of living and not liking themselves because they believe they didn't measure up. And again, I ask you, what the fuck are you measuring up to? What is good enough? define it. And then the next question for you is when you define it and then you pursue it and then you achieve it, do you celebrate it or do you raise the standard higher? My hunch is you're raising the standard higher and that will continue to keep you in perpetual. I'm not good enough. And I am not good enough is the voice of shame. So do you see it becomes this total shame storm? So when we have this cost of believing that we're not good enough, it creates distraction for us. We indulge in it. We use up our precious brain juice. We're not our own best friend. We don't like who we are. We then compare ourselves to other people because, you know, (laughs) that is a great way to feel horrible about ourselves because we're then leading to despair and beating ourselves up because we're comparing our insides with somebody else's outsides. We're comparing, and this happens, like we can rationally know with our children as they're watching social media and saying, those aren't actual friends. That is a J. Crew ad but that's not how life is or how often when I was watching sex in the city and my, I was nursing my babies and you know, they were great cause they were 20 minutes in length and it was perfect. Right. Cause I could watch it in the middle of the night, nurse my baby and go back to sleep. But how often was I comparing? Cause I was like, Oh, I want to go. I want to be them. And on Sunday mornings, go meet up with my girlfriends. And then I had to think about it for, cause then I was feeling miserable. So I had to think about that. I'm like, well, wait a second do I really want to be wearing high heels on Sunday morning? Do I really want to be getting decked out on Sunday morning? And the answer was hell no. And then it was like, okay, on Sunday morning, my family's all here and my husband's home. 
Do I really want to be gone from these people? And the answer again was hell no. So I was creating all this comparison and despair based on what I was watching on television. And it was leading to further shame of, oh, my life is horrible. I'm not good enough. And I did the same thing with the Brady Bunch, right? That was a show that I loved watching on repeat growing up. I love, love, love that show. And I never thought I would have a blended family. And I did. And I didn't even realize it for the longest time, but I was comparing myself to Carol Brady. I was like beating myself up that I wasn't as good as a mom or stepmom as her. I was beating myself up that my house wasn't as clean as hers. And then one day I'd go, wait a second. Her husband's always home. She has Alice, the housekeeper, six kids, not a sock on the floor. That's amazing. And the biggest problem in the Brady household was when Marsha got hit in the nose with the football. Like that was not representative of my life. Plus the exes weren't around. I, we don't know what happened to them. I never knew at least they weren't around. That was not my reality yet. I was holding myself to that standard. It was unattainable. It was a Hollywood standard. It was not my real life. And that is what then triggers the not good enough. So I just gave you two examples of what can program somebody about the standards that we're supposed to be. And those are just television. That's media. We talk about a lot about this with body image, right? The, the images that women see growing up and how they're supposed to look. Television can do the same thing. And I love television. I'm not bashing it, but being able to have the perspective of that is not real life. And this is, and how often, you know, I'm 47 and how often can I get tripped up on that comparison? So paying attention to that, not beating ourselves up, owning our story and loving ourselves because we don't want to live in this life of despair and we don't want to have this place of where we never arrive to enough because we get that goal and it's supposed to make us enough, but then you set that higher bar. And what happens is this, this shame storm. I think of shame as like this tornado that's just really destructive and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you eventually, you don't like yourself And then eventually it can even lead to self-hatred. And that, my friend, is a downward spiral. So instead of having this belief of yourself that you aren't good enough, I ask you to stop arguing with yourself of whether or not you're good enough. Because here's the thing, you were born. You were born. The fact that the sperm infiltrated the egg, there was a pregnancy, that you were able to come through childbirth, the fact that I am here 47 years later is all a miracle. You know, one of the things when after my second daughter was born, I decided that I was going to have another child. I finally acquiesced and agreed to my husband and I had a miscarriage and I was blown away. I was like, wait, what do you mean? This is like, what, probably 2002. How, how can I have a miscarriage? Like we have such better medicine. I didn't realize at the time that one in four pregnancies had miscarriages. I was like, what? I didn't know that right? So the fact that you and I are sitting here in this day in 2019, or if you're listening to this in a future date, we are already determined by nature that we are enough. We're here, be here, accept that. So then use that precious brain juice to go and create the life that you want to go and be filled with love and bring loving energy into your environment instead of bringing shame because shame is highly corrosive. And we don't want to bring any more shame. We all have enough. It's not that you're not going to have shame because we're always going to have it. It's about how do we move through it. So now I want to go back to my initial question of, okay, so what the fuck is good enough? 
Good enough does not mean that you are flawless. Good enough does not mean you are perfect. Because remember, we don't want to be perfect because that is the birthplace of shame. We have enough shame. You are born. It's a miracle you are born. We need to stop wasting this precious time and energy with this. And so often my clients will have scarcity around money, but really the only thing that is non-renewable is time. We have this time. There's no dress rehearsal. Like I have to constantly remind myself like, Corinne, it's time. You know, time is precious. What are you going to do with it? What are you choosing to spend your time on and be really deliberate about that? So we have this precious time and energy and do we want to spend it where we're filled with self-hatred, where we have self-loathing, where we don't like ourselves? Or do you want to spend it on being brave and pursuing and having what you want? Whether it's, again, it's the relationships, the career, the lifestyle, the life that you want and really fully showing up. So if you were to stop wasting this precious time and energy with the story fondling of I'm not enough, I'm not enough, how would you show up differently in your life? Think about that. How would you show up differently in your life? So I'm really, really lucky because I get to be around kids. And one of the things that I love about being around kids is that they're truly what Martha Beck would call as your essential self. They're the essence of who they are. And they slowly, the essence of who they are becomes changed over time and as they become socialized. But kids are just really cool. And and it depends on what age and what arena, but I, I get to know them pretty well. And we have this one little girl, she's two years old and she goes to the monster swim school and she fully showed up when she got there and I ran into her in another room and she was getting ready to go swim. And she's so excited. She came over to me. She saw the monster swim school t-shirt. I told her she was going to get one. She was fully, fully there. It was like, I am here. I am amazing. And I'm interested in you. How often do you go, I'm amazing. And I'm interested in you when you're meeting new people. Usually it's like, oh gosh, am I worthy? hello, nice to meet you. I'm not sure if you might like me. Maybe you won't like me. That's You're not saying that verbally, right? But it can be going in the back of your head. But she fully shows up. She's like, I am here. I'm going to go do this. And they're two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, you know, 10-year-olds, all these different kids who just fully show up. And they're like, hey, Corinne. And they tell me they're here and they give me a high five and they move on. I came back from Italy and one of the little boys, Gavin, he came up and he gave me a big hug, you know, because I didn't see me in a couple of weeks. Like if we could just fully show up in our lives like that, how different would your life be? So how would you show up differently? Would you do work that you love? Would you ask for what you want? Would you create the kinds of relationships that you would want? Meaning being really deliberate with who do you surround yourself with? Or are you doing what you're supposed to do and what other people expect you to do? But when you're enough, when you really believe you're enough, it's not about being selfish. It's actually about being in service. And how would you show up differently? Because when you can finally be good enough. And again, I want to preface this with, it's not like you go and you're like, ta-da, I'm at the promised land. I feel enough. I'm always enough because there's going to be areas, especially as you grow, that there's going to be shit shows, right? And so 
when I was in Italy, we were at these thermal pools and I don't really, I still to this day understand what it is or hot springs or whatever, but I was going to follow this plan. And so I went into the pool and some other people came in and I'm really comfortable. Like if somebody were to swim with me and if you were a non-swimmer, you would think I was a really good swimmer. It could be a shame trigger. I really suck now compared to what I used to be, but I'm comfortable. Like this is who I am. I'm not trying to be my 20 year old self. I'm 47 and I'm a person who doesn't swim anymore. I'm totally okay with it. And because I'm able to own my story and love myself, I don't beat myself up. I think I struggled more with it when I was 25 than I do now at 47. Like I am really good with this is where I'm at. And I know if I get pushed in the pool, the only thing I worry about is do I have my phone on me, right? Or if I'm going to land on somebody, but you know, I don't worry about like, will I struggle with the swimming part? Like I don't worry about that. Am I good enough in that arena? But there can be other areas of my life where I can worry. So one of the areas is like cooking dinner for other people, even though I've practiced it and I've actually had dinner parties. It's not my favorite thing. It requires a lot of brain juice because I have this fear in my head of, Corinne, you're going to food poison somebody. I've never done that, but I freak out about it. So it's not an area that I have a whole lot of practice in, right? I mean, I have some, but not compared to like the swimming thing. And I just have to always calm myself down about it. So when you are being good enough, it doesn't mean that you never struggle with being good enough because as you evolve, as you grow, you're going to come up against challenges. And our easy knee jerk reaction to that is, oh, see, I'm not good enough. See, there's something wrong with me, right? Beat ourselves up instead of what if our internal programming was, oh, that's an obstacle. What can I learn from that? How differently would you then show up? How much more resilient would you be? How much more sustainable would you be? How would you be then able to actually accomplish it and get it done versus hide away? And when you are living as you are good enough, how do you show up? Instead of feeling with shame and not good enough, you get to be your own best friend. You can be self-compassionate, right? Which is kindness, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. So my hunch is you understand what self-kindness is. Common humanity is probably the backbone of this show. I mean, this is where I have always wanted to kind of open, not kind of, but I've always wanted to open that curtain to show you that these people have had their struggles too. And if you go back and listen to the old shows or when the Wisdom Wednesdays come up, I had changed my intro actually after I had interviewed Simon Sinek about the windows of possibilities. And these people are an example of falling down, getting back up, falling down and getting back up. And if this is possible for them, what is possible for you? And that's the idea of common humanity. It's not comparison and despair. When I first learned about compare and despair, I'm like, "Uh oh, and I had to really think about it, but it was very different because it was rooted in love. It was rooted in compassion. And that is part, the common humanity is an attribute of self-compassion. And then the other aspect is the mindfulness, the ability to understand our thoughts and our feelings, but not get attached to them. Like, oh, that's just a thought in my head. Isn't that interesting? But it's without you being that thought. Just because there's noise in your head doesn't mean it's true. I was at the grocery store this afternoon and I was, I love to read. It's one of my favorite things. I was walking in to get some stuff and I looked at the the magazines, you know, all the tabloids and their stuff. And I was like, Ooh, what are they saying? And I don't know if it's true or not. And there was something about Bradley Cooper there. And it's like, Ooh, what are they saying? Like, it's just kind of fun. Like if we could allow our brains to go, Ooh, what is my, what is my brain saying without attaching to it? Like, Oh, this is the absolute truth. Like, I don't know if what they're saying about Bradley Cooper is true or not. Time will tell. 
but right now I have no idea, right? So, but it's fun entertainment. If we could have our brains be fun entertainment of the fascinating things it says, like, well, you're not smart enough. Okay, well, what is smart enough? Isn't that an interesting opinion? So what, right? Is that going to make a difference in my life? Probably not. I remember growing up thinking like, oh, I wonder what my IQ is. And it's kind of like, oh, if you have this IQ, then you have this like promise for this great life. That's not true, right? There's no promise of once you achieve X or once you have X that you will be safe. We're always going to be vulnerable. And then can you move through that vulnerability? When you are good enough, you become your own best friend. And you talk to yourself the way you would talk to somebody you care about. And sometimes maybe talking to the grocery store clerk is about as nice as you can be and compassionate as you can be. And that is fantastic. It's fucking fantastic. Talk to yourself that way. That is where I had to start because I will treat them. I believe that they're humans. I want to be inclusive. And I put my phone in my pocket and I talked to the store clerk as I go through the grocery store. And that for me was my bar of how to show up compassionately. And for me to learn how to be compassionate with myself. And one thing that I want to identify, because I was talking with my clients about this today, is compassion does have critical thinking in it. And when I say that, I'm not saying being criticized or, you know, dealing with criticizing yourself, but critical thinking, like an example of that is, hey, this is what I went through. What worked well? What needs improvement? So now we're creating that growth mindset of like learning from it instead of, oh, you're just such a loser. Of course that happened. You don't, you don't deserve it at all, right? So compassion has critical thinking. It has that ability to ask questions, to observe without being attached to it. So here's the thing, my friend, I want you to stop <laughs> indulging in the storytelling, in the lies that you're not good enough. Love all of yourself. Really? I was talking to a client today about that. And she's like, she didn't like her, you know, herself. And she's telling me, and I was like, well, tell me what you love about yourself. And she told me, and then I asked her about her daughter, you know, and I said, you know, there are parts of your daughter you don't like. And she said, oh yeah. And I said, but you love all of her. And she goes, yeah, I love all of her, but I don't like some parts. And I go, yeah, I don't like the fact that there's swim bags in my bathrooms in both my bathrooms right now. And, you know, swimsuits all over the floor. I don't like that, but I love all of my kids. I love all of my husband. And, and I know the flaws of him and I know the strengths of him and I love all of him. And so my friend, my invitation for you is to love all of yourself, know your flaws, be okay with it. We all have flaws and that's what makes us interesting and what makes us different because we don't want to be this, this version of perfection or what we think perfection is supposed to be. And instead, love all of yourself and go and practice this for yourself. All right. So what the fuck is good enough? Ask yourself that question. Remember, there's a huge cost when you believe that you aren't good enough. It's not worth it. We spend so much time and energy beating ourselves up and it's a distraction. So instead, focus on one, identifying what is actually good enough and the fact that you are here, that's good enough. And then go and strive for excellence and learn stuff and grow and challenge yourself because it's really fun. It really, really is. The show has been a challenge for me for 13 years and I've evolved and grown. And as you're going to hear, as you listen to the Wisdom Wednesdays, but I love it, right? Who did I become in this process? 
It wasn't easy, but it's fun. So if you can just believe you're in good enough because you're already here, how do you then show up in your life? How do you show up when you believe you are good enough? Thank you so much for listening today. You have two things to do. One, sign up for the Wisdom Wednesdays. Link is in the show notes. And two, go leave in a review on iTunes. Until next time, I'm smiling big for you. And remember, you are good enough as you are, my friend. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.